Hello, 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 everybody. This is me, Josh, your boy from Goad Podcast. And here today on my personal podcast, which is Recluse One, because I am a recluse and I am one person. Uh, brought to you by me. <laughs> so I am here in the the um, the dungeon. I am at my office, the backstage, whatever you want to call it. And tonight, what is going to happen is I am going to preach a sermon for Pastor Jared's uh, online church tonight. And so that's what I'm going to post on here. So here we go. We're so glad you could be with us tonight. Um, We're going to get started with some prayer and worship right now. Lord, we just thank you so much that we could come before you, that we could um, be in your word, that we could um, lay everything at your feet. Lord, right now we pray that you would just help us to focus on you, that we would um, just meet you right now and that you would just speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen.
cross the threshold of God's eternal life. The crown, the throne, the scepter, the name, the stone so white. For those who are found in Jesus, the yoke and burden light. Palms of victory, crowns of glory, palms of victory.
you are alive and we're so grateful that you are for all that you've done for us. Lord, we pray right now that you would just speak through Josh, that you would um, just help us to receive the words you have for us, Lord, that you would speak um, clearly, help him to get the words out how you would like, Lord, and um, help us just to be listening and focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. Right. You know, I, I need a little uh, validation here. So I love it when I hear good evening. Well, welcome back to Victory Post. We are here this night. We're going to look at some scriptures today out of Psalm verse 7. We are going through the book of Psalms here Wednesday nights. And we have reached one of the ones that got me all geeked out. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to geek out with you all. Okay? Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Father, thank you, Lord, so much. And we ask that uh, you can just be with us here, be with everybody out there in uh, virtual world, just watching this or uh, watching a different service, Lord. We just pray that your word will go forth and... You know, people will be blessed just by your presence being there with them. Father, we pray for all the families um, that have been affected by this virus and for all of the, you know, working parents, the working people out there who have been uh, laid off or furloughed or, um, you know, their hours getting reduced. Father, we just ask that you will comfort everybody's heart and that you can just reveal yourself to those who need to know you, Lord, by either someone sharing um, this uh, video out there with um, their people that they know, or even just a different service that people are sharing on their um, social media. So, Father, we just pray that you will work at, during this time and help us, the church, use our gifts so we can reach out to the world today. We thank you, Lord, and we pray in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, everybody. So I'm a geek, okay? I could get geeked out on some things. And it's all because of this um, this one person that is being mentioned here. It's not even in the the actual text. It's it's the it's the headline for what this text is because I need context. I need to know what I'm teaching on. I need to know what portion of scripture I can uh, actually go back and then, you know, use uh, internal, you know, uh, what do you call it? Cross-reference or what I was going to say, internal consistencies, um, internal, uh, you know, things that you can find inside the word so you can really uh, trans um, translate what is going on here. So Psalm 7, prayer and praise for deliverance from enemies. That's what this is titled as. And so we have here a meditation of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush a Benjamite. Okay, can you see where I get confused a little bit here? Because who do we know Cush from? We know him from Noah. One of his sons, his eldest son, was named Cush. So how can David here sing a song concerning this guy? It boggled my mind. It really messed me up. And so I had to search and I had to research, and I had to find out who this person is. Why? Because I'm a geek. <laughs> I can get like that sometimes, because I need to know how David was feeling during this time when he wrote this. And so, 
First, I'm just going to talk about when he says a meditation. There is a word that is here um, that when the scholars and all of the and all of the commentators and the what do you call them linguists are trying to translate this word, they can't figure out what he means. It's a it's a it's a Hebrew word that means that they think it means something like lyrical or you know something that's really deep something that that comes from the heart something that comes from the gut something that is inwardly um an inward feeling outwardly expressed something like uh getting baptized but vocally so that word here is um let me let me read it here it's shigayan shigion I don't know how to pronounce it, but these commentators do not know how to translate that into uh, the English language because it means so much, because it's a deep feeling within yourself that you want to outwardly express and not only outwardly express, but also hear from uh, the person that you are expressing this to. And so they translated it meditation. That's the best translation they could come up with for this word. Okay? See how I could get geeked out on some things? And then it says, he sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush, a Benjamite. So looking back and trying to figure out who this guy Cush is, because the only Cush that I really know is Cush from Noah. And obviously, this guy couldn't be living for thousands of years because longevity, long time ago, has already expired. Now people expire no more than 120 years. And so I'm like, all right, so now I have to figure out who this guy is. And so as I am looking through these things and as I'm trying to get context, um, contextual cons consistencies, that's the word I was looking for. Contextual, contextual consistencies to uh, interpret in context, okay? So this guy, obviously, he is accusing David of something, and that's why David wrote this psalm. You will hear it um, within the psalm, um, but I want to go back a little bit because the only way I can try to... Um, look at this in context is going back to second samuel chapter 16 and it starts in verse 5 with this guy and his name is shimei or shemei and what happens is is it says now when king david came to bahirim there was a man from the family of the house of saul okay whose name was shimei the son of gera coming from there um coming from there he came out cursing continuously as he came as king as david came and he threw stones at david and at all the servants of king david and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left so this guy comes out and he starts throwing rocks at david okay now this guy shimei shimei he is of the lineage of David. And so a lot of commentators are trying to figure out who this guy Cush is. And so they're trying to, you know, they're looking back, they're looking at records and stuff like that. And so they, they don't know who he is. <laughs> they do not know who he is. Okay. They have thoughts of who this is, but they don't know exactly who it is. But when I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at this, it kind of makes sense that this might be the guy. Because David is writing about how he's feeling at someone who is um, against him, who is uh, talking falsely about him. And then he's wondering himself, why, why is he against me? Did I, we'll read it a little more in the, in the, in the, in the text. But so... This guy, Cush, nobody knows who he is. Some people think it might be Saul himself. Some people uh, thought that he was one of uh, 
you know, Saul's, um, you know, sons, but it doesn't seem that way. And what they came down to is that he was one of Saul's servants, but he was still in the family of Saul. Obviously, we know it's not Saul because Saul was king at this time. And, you know, this guy, Cush, was making accusations about David wanting to take the throne from him. But what happened between David and Saul? God says he pulls his anointing off Saul and he has a new king. And obviously Samuel uh, anointed David as king when he, when God told him to. So now this guy is saying, he's trying to take the throne. He's trying to take your throne. He's making, he's throwing accusations out at, um, at people. And he's throwing accusations, obviously, at David. Because it says here in Second Samuel that he was throwing rocks at him and he was cursing him. And these weren't friendly words, okay? You know, with, within the uh, Hebrew language, they don't use cuss words. It's worse with them. <laughs> they, they're more explanatory with their speech. Okay? Now, I can say something right now, and it will give you a vis visualization of what that word, a uh, certain word means, which I'm not going to do. But that's within the language. That's within these people. Okay? Like the word dog, right? What was a dog? They, they referred to Gentiles as dogs. That's crazy. And then calling someone a dog or barbarian or something like that, it was something really disrespectful. And so as this guy is just shouting out cursings and throwing rocks at his servants, obviously this guy was trying to make some trouble. And later on when you read in, and this is where we get, the context of him, Shimei, being King, King Saul's um, family. In Esther chapter 2, verse 5, it says, In Shushan, the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjaminite. So this guy Kish, guess who he was the father of, King Saul. Which makes even more sense to me that this guy Cush could have been um, referred to, uh, this guy Shimei could have re been referred to as K as uh, Cush. What, you, what do you call that? There's a certain word for that. And this word is allusion. This word is illusion, and it's a word that's, that is um, an expression designed to call something to mind without mentioning it explicitly in indirect or passing reference. So he was using this illusion, not illusion, but illusion for this guy Shimei as Cush, and then using that as Kish, who was... King Saul's dad also. And so getting into the text here, now, now that you see a picture of it, we see David here. He's, he's pleading with God, okay, like he usually does. And he does it in a different way today because usually when you hear about King David and he's, and he's talking about certain things that he's going through, you know, he's ready for God to punish him, even pleading with him not to when he knows that he's going to get disciplined by the Lord, chastened by the Lord because of certain sins he has inside of him. But here it's different because now he is uh, appealing to God that he is innocent in this matter. And the only thing I can really think about is that this guy Shimei or Cush was um, making accusations that King David wanted to take the throne from him. Later on in 2 Samuel chapter 16, it says, um, He's calling him some, some words here, all right? It, it says, uh, also, this is the, uh, also Shimei said thus when he cursed, come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The Lord has brought upon you all 
the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So this guy's throwing some crazy accusations that King David wants to take the throne, which it's his right anyways, because he was anointed king. God chose him as the king. The people chose Saul. God chose David. That's amazing. The same way God chooses us all. See, I could get geeked out and stuff like this. It's crazy, huh? I haven't even started in the scriptures yet. But it was just fascinating me that this guy, this, this word Cush, a Benjamite, which, I, you know, if we're talking about Cush in the beginning in Genesis, there was no tribes yet. <laughs> it was Cush, the son of Noah. There were no tribes yet. So that's what got me all geeked out here. So now, now that you have that picture in your head, listen to what David is saying. He's giving visuals and he's giving proclamations and he's, he's sharing the righteous judgments of God and he's appealing to him. He's appealing to the Lord about his innocence. You know how when you see court cases, my wife has seen a lot of those. Um, I've been through them myself, uh, and I was, you know, no contest when I knew I was guilty. Um, <laughs> no contender. Um, so going through all that and just looking at this, when you're pleading your case, people are always going to say, I'm innocent, right? Innocent until proven guilty. But in this modern age, it's always guilty until proven innocent it's kind of backwards nowadays you're already guilty of something they haven't even shown that you have done or even have evidence of but it's people are going to plead their innocence until they're found guilty but david here he is pleading to the lord and saying did i do what did i do wrong i didn't do anything wrong and so we're going to see that here Verse 1. O Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Save me from all those who persecute me and deliver me. So you see, when he is speaking of this, he gives that visual when he says, Into you, you I put my trust and save me. What he's really saying here is, please cover me with with your mighty wings, just as a, a bird, a baby bird goes to his mother to be shaded and to be protected. That is what he is talking about here. He says, oh Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Save me for all those who persecute me and deliver me. Deliver me. And these people are throwing rocks at him. These people are shouting curses at him. What else would they might want to do to him? Probably kill him. Especially his son Absalom when he's trying to take the throne from David. I mean, just think of that. Think of all these things that are happening. Think of all the feelings that he's having. In verse 2 it says, Lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces while there is no one to deliver. So now... He is giving a picture of something that he's witnessed himself. Being a shepherd boy, probably sometimes, you know, he says that he used to, um, he killed, you, you know, fought lions and fought bears because he was protecting the sheep. Now think of it, maybe to kill a lion, maybe he had to sacrifice a sheep so he can sneak up upon it and kill it while he's watching one of these sacrificial lambs getting uh, torn into pieces, being rendered into pieces, and no one to deliver him. And that's what he's saying. Am I like one of these sheep that are being out, you know, going out there ready to be slaughtered with no one to come and save me? And that's why he's saying, Lord, deliver me. I don't want to be like that. 
I don't want to get torn into pieces. That's like saying, all right, people are going to come to me when they hate me, right? Someone hates me, they're going to come to me. They're going to pound me down into a, you know, flat as a pancake with a, with a meat pounder. And then they're going to shove me into a paper uh, shredder. He's like, Lord, save me from that. Save me from these things. Yeah, that's where, where my mind went when I read that. And I was just like, man, I mean, how can I bring that into like modern, you know, vernacular here? But I mean, just think of it. You're being, someone is lying about you. Someone is lying at you <laughs> and there's, how am I going to get out of it? How am I going to get out of this? He knows that he did nothing wrong. And he's pleading with the Lord, save me from this, because there are unrighteous people that are trying to accuse me. So as another little type of picture, right? We can see this guy Cush as Satan, as a typology of Satan, who was known as what? What does that word mean? When you look at the book of Job and you do a word search on that word Satan there, he is that, that word Satan can be translated as uh, the adversary or the accuser. And this guy here, Shimei or Cush, whoever this guy may be, is accusing David of things that he wants to take the throne. And so this is what this psalm is all about. He's saying these people want to tear me to pieces. They want to pound me down to a pancake and fry me up like a, I don't know, what do you call those things? Uh, a crepe. <laughs> but then he says in verse 3, Oh Lord, my God, if I have done this, if there is iniquity in my hands, if I have repaid evil to him who was at peace with me or have plundered my enemies without cause, let the enemy pursue me and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the earth and lay my honor in the dust. So you see, usually when King David is, is pleading with the Lord, it's usually because he's it's in his heart. It's, it's, he has a, a, a bad heart towards his enemies. But this time, he's pleading with the Lord for his innocence. So the, so the Lord could, could uh, reveal that he is innocent in this matter. It's not David's fault that he's trying to overthrow Saul and take the throne from him. David didn't even want to touch Saul. He said, how can I, you know, am I a man to touch God's anointed when he could have just killed him right there in a cave? Instead, he tore off a piece of his clothing with his sword. He is not doing this out of some type of pride. He was chosen to be king. He was chosen to be the one that was going to lead Israel. It wasn't anything in his heart to take. It was actually given to him. And that was his innocence. That was his innocence. And he's saying, if I even did do something, Lord, let them run me over with a plow. verse 5 he ends it with let the let the enemies pursue me and overtake me and let him trample my life to the earth and lay my honor in the dust selah meditate and pray on this verse 6 now he's getting into the righteous judgment of god he's saying i am pleading you my innocence and if you if you show my innocence Show your righteous judgment. He says, Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up because of the rage of my enemies. Rise up for me 
to the judgment you have commanded. So the congregation of the people shall surround you for their sakes, therefore return on high. So he's pleading with the Lord, and then he's sharing the righteous judgment of God and saying, in your anger, in, in, in your righteous anger, Lord, show these people who you are. Show them that I am innocent, and guess what? Show them who they really are. Show the truth. Reveal the truth to everybody. Reveal it, Lord. And rise up for me the judgment you have commanded. So the congregation of the people shall surround you for their sakes, therefore return on high. Because the Lord in the first place didn't want to raise up a king. The Lord didn't want Israel, the nation of Israel, the Hebrews, to be known as a monarchy. He wanted them to be separate from all the other nations. He wanted them to be a theocracy. Big words, I guess. I don't know. Do you know what those mean? Monarchy meaning, you know, king and then theocracy is like Jesus is king. God is king. He's the one, Thea, right? Theos, God. So he that's what the Lord wanted. He wanted the people to look at him as the king, not a man, because man has no power. The only power man has is through him anyways. So he's saying, return on high, Lord. King David is saying, you be lifted up. You are the one that I'm looking at so I could pronounce your righteous judgments. Almost like the president, right? The president is supposed to work for the people, not the other way around or in any other way. We're supposed to be representations of the Lord, our king, not the other way around. We're not supposed to be king while God represents us. He is king, right? Jesus is king. I love that CD, by the way. All right, CD. Did I just call it a CD? Are there even CDs anymore? Uh, <laughs> verse 8, the Lord shall judge the people. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. Oh, let the wicked of the wicked one... Uh, Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just, for the righteous God tests the hearts and the minds. See? So he's just saying, Lord, you know, come down with your righteous judgment. You're going to one who's going to separate the goats from the sheep. You're the one who knows our hearts. You're the one who knows our minds. And you're, you're going to establish the just one day. The people who are righteous, not with their own righteousness, but are that, that are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ and in his righteousness. Those are the just who are going to be reigning on this earth one day. And that is the church. Verse 10, my defense is of God who saves the upright in heart. God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he does not turn back, he will sharpen his sword. He bends his bow and makes it ready. He also prepares for himself instruments of death. He makes his arrows into fiery shafts. So he's saying, Lord, you know what it takes. You know what it takes to lead these people. You know what it takes to weed out the bad. And he is pronouncing this because this is a righteous judgment. It isn't anything of his heart saying, you know what, just go destroy them, send them into Gehenna so they would never live again. He's saying, God, that's my heart. And you know what, convict me of that because I want to be righteous in your sight. And that's how honest we could be with him. But he's saying the Lord is going to end up defending him. He's going to end up defending the, the church and for his people. He is going to make his righteous judgments known. 
<laughs> that's crazy. Make his arrows into fiery shafts. That's crazy. I love the language. Like, I love the way he, he speaks. And goes into verse 14. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out. So now he's saying the wicked, guess what? When God pronounces his judgments, when God's righteous judgment comes down, the wicked, they're going to dig their own grave. It's better for them to dig their own grave and lay in it and cover themselves with, with the dirt before God's judgment comes. Just like when he said it's better off that Judas had never been born. That's some strong language right there. Same thing almost as here. He's saying it's better for you to dig your own grave. Verse 16, his trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. So that is what King David is pronouncing. That's what King David is, is reflecting He's reflecting God's righteous judgment. Because of course, yeah, you know what? He understands that he's king. He understands that he has a responsibility to lead people and to govern them and to set up governors and to, you know, set up, um, you know, courts and all these other things. And everything has to run perfectly and good so that people can, you know, live a peaceful life. But obviously there's wickedness. Obviously, there's things that are coming, you know, against that because of the adversary, because of Satan and his minions and all that they can do. I mean, just imagine, I'm sure, you know, people, man, possession happened more. I mean, I don't know, often in these days, and that's why people were so wicked. And that's why, you know, the same way he told Judas that he would better not be, you know, better off not being born. It's like, man. Is that how wicked people can get? Just the the complacency and and giving in to the 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 wiles of the enemy. Cause that's what he wants to do. He's the one who really wants to tear us up into pieces like a lion. A roaring lion seeking anybody who may who he may devour. And so King David is just you know, these people are going to go down and it's not because of anything that I'm doing. It's because I'm getting the counsel from the Lord and then he is going to be bring his righteous judgments. And we know in the end, because we have from the beginning to the end, that that's what is going to happen. And we'll be there with him reigning on this earth for a thousand years. And his righteous judgments. And here we go. The last verse is a praise to God. It's a praise to him. Something that we should be doing every single day from morning when you wake up to when you go to bed. It's just giving him praise for everything that he has done. And it says, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the names of the Lord most high. See, with all this time that we've had here at home, I've been able to like make beats and stuff like that, write down lyrics or make parodies of songs, is because I want to praise the Lord. That's how my heart is. I want to give him thanks. I want to give him glory. I want to do as much as I can for him. He's given us gifts. And we should use those, especially at this time, because there's people out there, people that we can cannot see, but they can see us. They need that. Yeah, I was able to go to my mom's house the other day and, and, and play some songs for them. And they were blessed by that. They loved that. And it's because I wanted to just encourage them and just let them know that I love them and that I miss them because I don't get to see them every single day. And you know what? That's all because of the Lord. 
I praise him for that. I praise him every single day that I have my wife, my kids, my friends, and everybody that, you know, I don't know, that's my phone. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that I love so much. I praise him for that every day. And he is worthy to be praised. There is no one greater than he is. That's why they call him the Most High. The Most High. He is El Elehon. I believe that's what that, that word is. El Elehon. Or even El Shaddai. God Almighty. The Almighty El Shaddai. El Elehon. God Most High. That's who he is. There's no one higher than him. And we should revere that with our hearts. We should reveal, revere that with everything that we have and who, even with our very lives. You know, there's a doxology out there. There's, there's a word called doxology. There's even a hymn. But you know what? A doxology just isn't a hymn. It's a lifestyle. It's a giving back to God of what he has given you. And that's what our lives should be, a doxology to him for people to see. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, so much for your loving kindness and your grace and your mercy. You are the Lord Most High. And I constantly need to be reminded of that. And I just ask, Lord, that during this time, I mean, it's crazy. Some people are scared. Some people are, are angry. Some people, I don't know how many other feelings I can just say right now that people are feeling. I felt that when I didn't know what was going to happen with, with my job or anything. But Lord, Lord, I just pray for these people. I pray for them that you will just be with them, Father, and that, that your loving kindness will just pour out upon them, too. From the ones who know you, and even from the ones who don't know you, they probably need you even more. Because they're probably self-seeking and doing all these other things that, that trying to, you know, for fulfillment. But Lord, you are the only one who can satisfy you are the only one who can really touch the heart and fill it. So I just pray for everyone. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may i then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless i stand before the love you so much and we thank you that um, you fight all of our battles that um, when we're weak you are strong Lord and that you are just working things out right now that are going on in the world Lord that you do have a plan and um, that you will guide us and protect us we love you so much and we praise you in Jesus name amen um, we'll see you guys again on Friday night and um, Sunday morning if you guys have prayer requests or need anything let us know have a great evening All right, people, so I have a confession to make. I, uh, I goofed and I borked the, uh, the recording today. When I was ready to teach, I wanted to press record on this podcast anchor app, and I completely forgot. And so what I did was uh, I had it playing on my iPad, and so then I, I recorded it from the iPad. So sorry if I got if you, if you hear buzzes or or rings or you know weird sounds. It's because it was recording on um, from the iPad. I put the iPad down and I put my my phone down. And I just recorded it from there. So sorry about that. Still working on it. Still trying my best. Uh, And if my best is not good enough for you, I'm not sorry about that. This is... (laughs) I'm learning. And uh, yeah, there's going to be a video too. So hopefully I'll be able to pull the the victory post um, video uh, and save it so that I can... Um, put it on my YouTube uh, channel on Go Podcast YouTube channel. So, um, God bless you guys. Hope you guys enjoy. Love you all. Like, subscribe, comment. Come on, leave some comments. I already asked you that before. Do it. Love you guys. I'll answer back. You can either hit me up on um, this app, Anchor. Uh, or you can uh, hit me up on goadcast at gmail.com. Hit me up. All right. Remember, like, subscribe, download. Peace.